This episode of Beer and Bullshit is brought to you by Woodhouse Brewing Company in Toronto. Woodhouse brews the refreshing beers using only choice ingredients and no preservatives. Check out their brew pub in Toronto today and enjoy their newly opened patio. Welcome to another episode of Beer and Bullshit, the podcast. With me this week is my sometime co-host, Chris Pellerin. Chris, how are you? Uh, I'm doing quite well, Ben. Doing quite well. How about yourself? I'm good. I'm put off a little bit by your face. I mentioned it before we started, but I got to tell people that are listening, I'm looking at you on Zoom right now, and you have a beard, substantial-ish beard started and no mustache, and it's a weird look. You look a little Amish or something. Uh, this is, uh, I feel like I could be a, a guess who character that would be hard to nail down, uh, facial hair, but no mustache. When you're going for a look in life, it's hard to guess, guess who character. <laughs> That's, you know what? I, it's been a while since I've debuted a new look during, uh, during the pandemic. So you rock, rock that. Um, we, so we got a big show this week. We've got, uh, some news, some beer news, not a lot, but also some, some uh, listener email is that right uh that is correct that is exciting should we do news first the growler is back coming back the growler is a, a print publication about beer it was launched in bc there is a growler ontario um it was a quarterly publication that went away in covid times it's now back they're going to launch with um two issues a year and that's being edited by crystal and tara luxmore aka the beer sisters I am uh, selfishly mentioning it because I write for the Growler. And uh, I got to tell you, I enjoy print. I uh, still, after, you know, 11-ish years writing about beer, I like seeing my words in print more than on the screen. I know it's weird. I was in the Globe and Mail a couple of times and I still have those papers somewhere because it's, I don't know, something about print. There is something nice to have something tangible in your hands. Uh uh, not like the old guy in my office that would print out each email before he read it, but I do like that physical feel. I had a coworker who did that. She sat in the same cubicle pod as me. Like there was a printer between us and I would, could literally hit send on an email and hear the printer beside me fire up. And I was like, Jen, I was just responding to your email. <clears throat> but then the weird part, she would read the emails, tuck them into plastic and stick them into a filing cabinet. And it was full just like uh, probably 25 years of emails <laughs> printed up. It was like, it drove me insane. <laughs> nice to have those around. I just leave them in my disgusting inbox at work where I'm up to about 100,000 emails. Yeah, don't. You're one of those, everything stays in your inbox. And you just sort. I, that, that gives me anxiety. But anyway, the growler. <laughs> yes. So is this the same growler that makes the craft beer guide for Ontario? Or is it different? Yeah, the growler is a craft beer guide, but there's... But articles in it. Glad to see you've read it. You can get it in uh, better tap rooms across the province and presumably BC. So well, look for I, that. There's a winter I, edition coming soon. I will say that it found its way into my uh, Instagram uh, earlier this week. So they preemptively knew me for the algorithm. Oh, a little promotional uh, promoted tweet. Yeah, yeah. I got you. Well, that'll be good. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to dusting off the keyboard again um what are you are you drinking a beer there 
Uh, I'm actually not drinking a beer. I, I am totally out of drinkable beer. I, I had a rye lager that I was about to open, but it was packaged on May 19th, 2019. 2019, okay. I'm at the back of the beer fridge, and uh, yeah, I decided to just have a, a glass of water. That's good. Very responsible choice. Uh, Chris needs beer, everyone. If you want to send him beer, he's, he's, he's running out. Um, speaking of drinking water, you just made me think of this. I got an email today. I've got Google alerts galore related to beer. The misleading headline was um, non-alcoholic beer consumption being driven by millennials. And I was like, that doesn't sound right. I don't think that millennials are really. So I clicked through. It's actually a newswire. Uh, press release that was put out by Labatt Breweries Canada, <laughs> who uh, happened to be launching Budweiser Zero. So it's a bit dubious at best to say that uh, millennials are driving the demand for for non-alcoholic beer, um, which I, I still, I don't think that's true. I'm sure they did a survey or there's a source somewhere that's semi-legit, but um, I don't know if you remember Budweiser Prohibition, Chris. This was AB imbev's big push they thought non-alcoholic beer they invested heavily in marketing prohibition and it went nowhere it was in you know grocery stores they really obviously thought it was going to be a market it's now back it's basically the exact same beer it even looks the same but they're calling it budweiser zero and they're pumping out these dubious press releases saying that millennials just love this shit which presumably makes other millennials want to go buy it i don't know Speaking of marketing of Prohibition, I don't know if you recall my cousin being in that commercial for Prohibition. You're really? Your cousin was in the Budweiser Prohibition? Yeah, he course. turns around in the bar holding a can of Prohibition, and damn if he isn't having the best time drinking fake beer at the bar. I shouldn't say fake beer, non-alcoholic beer. But. Do you think that your cousin's name is Ben? We can shout it to Ben. I know he listens to the show. Um, was he really having a good time, or do you think he's such a good actor that he was pushing it? you know, a shitty product and selling it well. Well, I think he's a good enough actor that one can uh, never know. Handsome too. And let's be honest, some of the best hair on a man I've ever seen. It keeps getting thicker as he gets older. I don't understand it. It's a proceeding hairline. The guy's got it. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, don't, uh, I don't understand the non-alcoholic beer market personally. I know that... Uh, I guess there's a demand for it. And we typically would say, they always say recovering alcoholics, but I feel like if you're a recovering alcoholic, do you want something that tastes like beer? Like, I don't think you're drinking beer because of the taste. If you're an alcoholic, it's not like people want like the feeling of something hot going in their veins. If they're recovering heroin addicts, like, yeah, it, you know, it doesn't get me high, but well, can still I hang mean... out with the same friends. And <laughs> So who do you think so if it's if it's not recovering alcoholics it's is it is it pregnant women that that yes. uh, that love yes. to drink beer but it, um non-alcoholic beer is a big market in Europe like it's a thing cuz instead of ordering like a pop if you feel like oh I'm not drinking tonight you yeah. can have and I will say that in uh, a lot of Europe it's like it's not always like the shitty option like the labat blues that we have on the you know on the grocery store shelves there's like really good versions of non-alcoholic beer that taste just like their alcoholic versions. And in, um, in Canada, we have partake brewing, which I think that's the name of the brewery. I'm going to double check what we're talking, but they do the same thing. It's It tastes like, you know, decent beer. The, the goal isn't just 
you know, to be non-alcoholic for the sake of non-alcoholic. To me, it's like if you're drinking something just for the taste, no one's going to Budweiser for the taste, right? I know my mom, after she had her heart surgery, drank non-alcoholic wine for about three years. Okay. Uh, And after she had been drinking it for a period of time, it tasted okay to her. And then when she went back to regular wine and she tried the non-alcoholic and just kind of interspersed it a little bit, it was awful. She said Mm. the most disgusting thing she'd ever tasted. So it was a good experiment while it lasted, but uh, there's, there's not a substitute for it. And, I mean, would you ever have something like a non-alcoholic vodka or a non-alcoholic bourbon? That's a thing. We do have one. There's a there's a good company called Seedlip that makes non-alcoholic spirits. And uh, I bought a bottle, actually. We had a friend who wasn't drinking alcohol came over, and I was like, well, I'm going to make cocktails. So I bought some Seedlip. But again, it's like, I don't know. <laughs> We've also been drinking alcohol since like grade nine for the purpose of getting fucked up. So <laughs> we're not the market. Yeah, it's true. I, I was going to say, I, I just, I could never see myself going that route unless I become one of these recovering alcoholics. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it is called partake that double check. I've had some of their stuff. It tastes like beer. So if you're interested and we're not totally turning you off the non-alcoholic beer market <laughs> check out partake and definitely not uh, budweiser zero because uh, fuck that shit um this is actually a nice segue to one of the things that i wanted to bring up in the news um i don't know if you ever heard about uh brew dog and Schorschbrau. uh brew dog is is scottish Schorschbrau, surprisingly I, German. Yeah. Um, they've been in this kind of uh, back and forth over the last several years trying to make the strongest beer in the world. Yes. And they recently collaborated on what they consider to be the strongest beer in the world. Oh, there's some debate. There's a few others that are maybe more than this, but 57.8% alcohol yep. by volume. Okay. Now, let me ask you this. What is the strongest beer you ever drank? And what percentage do you begin to question if it's actually still beer? Well, I don't think alcohol by volume denotes what the thing is. Like It's still beer. If it, the ingredients are the ingredients that make beer and the process is the process by which beer is made, it's still beer. I've had Sam, Sam Adams, Samuel Adams, uh, Utopia. I'm sure you've heard that story. I shared it on my blog once before. Um, but yeah, it's more of like a, a thing you sip and uh, savor, especially at the price point for for, for Utopias. Well, this um, strength in numbers sold out in, in like one week. That's a gimmick though, right? Like, I mean, it's not like no one's ever had it. It's not like, oh, it's so good. I must have it. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, it would be I, a nice thing. So, so Utopias, I think it's varied a bit year over year, but it's 28%. And it's, it's more yeah. like uh, the flavor is more like, you know, uh sherry or port it's dark and sweet and rich it's good well that's where i question if it's not that if it's still beer i I get your point about it it being the process and the ingredients but if it tastes nothing like you would imagine beer to taste is it still beer well this is what like our friend lee who drinks mostly pilsners like if i bring over like a hibiscus sour he's like that's not beer it doesn't taste like beer like, what is beer supposed to taste like? Beer can taste like anything. I think it's narrow-minded to say this doesn't taste like what I think beer should take, taste like. I get what you're saying. Brewdog's also super gimmicky. They've done every friggin' gimmick imaginable. They made a beer called Elvis Juice, and then 
probably just waited to get sued. And when they did get sued, they changed the founders' names. They changed their name to to Elvis. Like they legally changed their names. Like they do all kinds of weird <laughs> shit. I'll try it, given the chance. Did I? Have you heard my Utopia story? I don't think I have. Refresh <laughs> me. Oh God. Okay. Well, this has been shared on my blog, so forgive me if people have heard this before. But I went to an event. It was like a uh, pre-opening influencer event in Toronto for a restaurant. Um, it was gimmicky. So there was like someone from a couple magazines, me representing, I guess, blog TO at the time. And we sat in the restaurant while it was under construction and like took pictures with, you know, hard hats on and all this shit. And they had like a gift basket. And at the end of the night, they were going to raffle off. So the, the company obviously had an arrangement with the company that distributes Samuel Adams. So there was all kinds of stuff in there. There was tequila in there. There was a tequila company that they worked with. Drinks were flowing. <clears throat> anyway, Utopia's was in the gift basket. And like, it's like a, you know, a hundred and whatever dollar beer. I was like, oh, fuck, I want to win that. And then the more I drank, I was like, I really want to fucking win this thing. Like, and then, and that was like the beer guy, right? There was like restaurant people, magazine people, food critics. I was like the beer critic. So I was like, they don't appreciate this beer. Like I was just getting stupid. And then, so more and more the night goes on, I drink, I lose. They, they pull, they pull someone else's name out of the hat and I'm leaving. I'm like the first guy to leave. And I walk up and I grab it out of the thing. And I'm like, I turn around, I'm like joking. I'm like, I'm just going to take, and I realize no one's looking and like just stupid. I'm just going to take it. Just pops it in my head. Like, I'm just going to take it. So I just turn around with it. I'm like, I'm gone. I walk like 10 feet to the front door a little bit tipsy trip outside drop the bottle and just shatter it like I just oh god <laughs> so fucking obnoxious <laughs> yeah so then i was instantly sobered up i was like oh my god i'm such a fucking asshole and i just <laughs> ruined this bottle of beer for everyone and i just booked it home i was like fuck it i'm out <laughs> i was just gonna say you, you must have just ran away That's i did i sure did classic flight classic flight reaction <laughs> so obnoxious and like how did i think i was gonna get away with that like i'm the only guy that leaves <laughs> good times so that's my utopia story i have had it since <laughs> but well, I, almost... I thought you were gonna say that you had it and then uh, and then you know got absolutely shit faced and made a complete ass of yourself but you did that without even having it uh, yeah before i even had it that was the precursor to even trying it <laughs> yeah utopias it's not my proudest moment i feel like there's enough time removed from that that all the offending uh, parties will have moved on hopefully not i still don't remember the guy who won but someday i'll find out who that was and buy him a bottle actually if you're listening to the show and that was you <laughs> i owe you a bottle this is your one and only opportunity to get that replacement bottle you have one week from this airing folks are you like me do you like supporting independent breweries yeah, you do. What better independent brewery to support right now than the Indie Ale House? Indie is right in the name, so you know they're independent. They're located in Toronto. Uh, their brew pub is in the junction, and they have a brewery in Italy in the Manulife Center as well. Of course, these are weird times for going out. Maybe you're not ready. Maybe you don't even live in Toronto. That's okay. You can still try the delicious beers that they're making at the Indie Ale House because they made it easy. Beer to your door, ordered from the comfort and safety of your own home. That's my favorite way to order things. You got free delivery anywhere in Toronto if you order 12 beers or more, and a flat rate anywhere else in Ontario. Why not order a stay-home pale ale 
$1 from every can of Stay Home purchased will be donated to the fund that supports their employees that have been temporarily laid off due to COVID-19. Check them out at IndieAleHouse.com. You can reach us at beerandbullshit.ca slash contact. Hey, speaking of which, people are doing that now, eh? Uh, we got a few things in. What? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, thank you again for making me a co-administrator of the contact form. Appreciate that. <laughs> That's why you get the big bucks. <laughs> All right. Uh, are you ready? Do you want to you hear some of our... Uh... Let's do it. I have okay. no idea what I'm about to hear. Okay. Uh, the first question, oh, comes from someone named Chris here in London. Uh, hmm. I, I understand you recently had a colonoscopy. <laughs> I've hmm. never had one, but feel like I should as I'm approaching an age where I feel like I should be more proactive with my health. Can you take me through the prep procedure and post procedure? <laughs> I want all the shitty details. Wow. What a weird, how did someone from, named Chris from London know about this? Sounds like uh, a bright guy. Yes, I'm happy to talk about this because, as you say, we are approaching a certain age, and I think it's important to uh, talk about this. Um, yeah, on a yeah, on a darker note, we know someone who was younger than us that passed away from colon cancer. So I was not the reason I ended up going, but the reason I was like, I didn't think I would need this, but then I was like, you know what, I probably should go. Uh, it's not as bad as you think. I'll say that. Uh, you basically take uh, you take some powder you chug it and it makes you shit so you spend the day before <laughs> shitting out your guts and then you go and you get marvelous marvelous drugs before anything happens it's an iv and like the mm-hmm. second the drugs went in it was like that was very nice i'm listening yeah and so then the rest of your day is just lovely once it's done you come home and uh i put on you know i, I brought i got a coffee i had to get a ride home obviously from the hospital and i picked up a coffee along the way didn't even get a sip. I was like, I'm going to put on a movie. And I just had a glorious sleep through most of the day and then woke up and chilled out. Uh, so yeah, I would say if you're, we're almost 40, we both turn 40 next year. And it's a, you know, if it's time, it's something you got to check on. And the funny part to me is um, my, my son obviously is, is being homeschooled or he's in online learning as I'm sure all children will be in a few weeks. But anyway, we've got to jump on that. And uh, he's doing school at my mother-in-law's uh, via Zoom. And they were talking about health and my mother-in-law is working at the other end of the table from, from my son. And they're just uh, generally talking about like uh, being healthy and what you're, what you're eating and stuff. And my son told this whole class and presumably all the parents that are in earshot of their computer, he goes, yeah, my dad's getting a tube shoved up his butt today. <laughs> <laughs> so, so then everything was just dead silent. And then he, he goes, yeah, cause he eats too much junk food. <laughs> Story checks out. That's a, yeah. good, that's a good call. It's like, Oh God. Well, at least I never have to see these people, uh, these kids and their, and their parents in person. But yeah, I've had, uh, I've had a colonoscopy and there you go to our random listener named Chris from London. Thanks. Well, I hope, for, that, thanks I hope that answers your show. question, Chris. Appreciate that. Uh, well, I didn't think uh, we'd get into colonoscopies on the show. Beer and bullshit. There you go. There's the tie in. There you go. Um, all right. Let's see what else, what do we else do we have here? Uh, this question comes from uh, Brad from Kingston. Okay. Do you believe in the old adage, beer before liquor, never been sicker. Liquor before beer, you're in the clear. Um, 
I don't know. I mean, we definitely used to think that in high school. That's definitely something we used to say. Beer before liquor, never be sicker. No, I don't think that's true anymore. Maybe it was then, but not now. But yeah, I think I mean, I, maybe we were just more tolerant. I don't think on the surface, if you have the same amount of drinks, that it's true in any way. I think if you're already drunk from beer and you start drinking liquor, you're more likely to overdrink that liquor. Yeah, that's just a recipe for overindulging as opposed to some sort of chemical scientific thing that happens in your stomach. Brad, you fucking idiot. Move next question. (laughs) (laughs) Classic Brad. (laughs) A little simple one here for you. What was the most memorable beer you ever drank? And that comes from Rudiger from Ottawa. Rudiger, huh? Uh, This is actually something else I talked about in my blog. I used to do this back when I cared about things. I, I used to write a series on my blog called the best beer I ever had. And I got people within the beer industry to give me their best beer I ever had be inspired by my best beer I ever had. And it was uh, actually remember it was a Muskoka brewery, mad Tom, not because it was a like, particularly amazing beer. It was delicious, but it was uh, the first beer I consumed holding my son uh, the morning after, like it was late at night morning, <laughs> the morning after he was born, uh, in Mount Sinai hospital, my wife had had a pretty traumatic delivery and we were finally, you know, all in the same room chilling. And, uh, my son was on my arm. There was a baseball game on, I think it was the Texas Rangers. I, I don't really remember. And my father-in-law handed me a cold beer and it was a Muskoka Mad Tom. And I was like, this is the best beer I've ever had. Most memorable beer I've ever had. Hmm. So I have an answer for that one. Have you ever thought about that? Uh, I haven't. I mean, I saw this question and I kind of thought about it. And the the first thing that I could think of was uh, actually a beer I had with you. And I don't know why it's maybe not the best beer I've ever You're had. You're with me. Certainly memorable. Uh, it's our graduation trip to Quebec from high school and got off the bus after however many hours. And we're like, let's go. Let's go get a beer right now. Went right into the hotel bar. And uh, I said, I need a beer. What kind of beer do you want? Like, give me something local. Uh, and he said, do you like medium? You light said, give beer? me something local. You're 17. <laughs> Come on. Did you I really? 19. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I was okay, 19. Okay. Okay. Uh, I said, I wanted somebody from Quebec. Well, we just yeah. drove on the stupid bus for that long. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he said, do you want something lighter, medium, or stronger? And I said, well, give me something medium. And it was... Uh, it was like a 10.5% beer. <laughs> what the hell is the strong beer? Welcome to Quebec. And we had that. It was just, it was a nice kick in the pants. I remember it being really strong, but it was uh, the kickoff to, uh, you know, pretty, pretty wild trip, but it yep. was memorable for some, for some unknown reason to me. Nice. You know, what was a good beer was um, the beer we brewed for Leon's wedding with Great Lakes. Brewery. That was a great beer. What was that called again? <laughs> Well, we weren't allowed to name it. So we <laughs> we can tell the story, I guess. Uh, yeah, we, we paid uh, Great Lakes Brewery to let us come for like the uh, uh, the groomsmen to, to spend the day. Well, spend a couple hours uh, brewing beer. We had agreed to a price beforehand, much to Great Lakes chagrin, because we, we drank more than that while brewing beer. And uh, we brewed like a low ABV uh IPA. We didn't do anything. Mike Lackey came up with the recipe and brewed an amazing beer. Like, uh, APA, sort of, right? Was it, was it not an American pale ale? You may be right. 
Yeah. Four point six ish was their guess. Something like that. A little under five percent though. Good but wedding. it was amazing. Good the, wedding beer. The, the, yeah, the day brewing it was awesome. And then the day drinking it was awesome. And we were brainstorming names, as you do when you make a beer. And we really liked the name The Quiet Jerk, which was a reference both to the groom's disposition and our joke about the future of his sex life. And we thought it was a perfect name. And uh, lo and behold, the bride did not agree. So officially it wasn't called that. But with all of the groomsmen calling it that at the wedding, it was definitely called The Quiet Jerk. Yeah, I'm trying to remember whether that was even, it was even promoted to, uh, to the bride that way. Or yeah, was... we were going to put it on like a chalkboard at the wedding and Leon's like, no. We well, can't. I think he canceled it before it was even brought up <laughs> to Courtney. It was more it's like, great name. fucking calling it that? Everyone will know exactly what you're Do talking about. Do you think about. so? No, no, it's super subtle. It's super <laughs> subtle, dude. It'll be really subtle. He's like, so you're either calling me a jerk or it's a sexual joke for my bro. No. I don't think that. people would immediately understand that it means silently masturbating. Uh, okay. I don't think you're giving the <laughs> we'll wedding. put it out to the listeners. Crew. Listeners. Uh, if you want to weigh in on whether or not the quiet jerk is a good name for a beer, remember it's beer and bullshit.ca slash contact. Contact us much like our next listener. Uh, next question comes from Joe, uh, who's from Barry. It's all and, men. And he said, uh, could be Joanne. <laughs> that's true. Uh, it's just J O. Okay, that um, sounds female. Uh, do you have a white whale beer, a.k.a. a Pappy Van Winkle 23-year for the bourbon fans out there that you've always wanted to try but haven't had an opportunity to mm. try yet? Good question. Good question. Um, I would say that I used to think about beer like that, but I don't anymore, which is such a like beer snobby answer. But there are these beers that you, you know, lust after. And like we were just talking about, I think it's more about the context that beer is enjoyed versus the actual beer itself. And there's all these people that will be like, like if there's a, if there's a hard to get beer, someone will actually sometimes buy it, portion it and sell portions of the beer and people will buy it just to say that they've had it, which I think is ridiculous and completely defeats what drinking a beer should be about beers of, you know, about enjoying it in the moment, not just ticking a box like that. That's more akin to like pog basically. Right. Like that's a good reference. People understand pog, right? So there is beers like, like uh, the beers of um, Russian river were definitely something that I had always, you know, lusted after Pliny the elder or something that was like, Oh, you got to have Pliny. And uh, I will say I did. And it was fantastic, but I actually did enjoy that beer at Russian River. And I think that it, that, again, is the context. So that was a beer where we got off a plane after having flown all night and drove directly to the brewery. I hadn't eaten, obviously very tired. They had these things at the brewery that was like, they were basically just bits of bread with jalapenos and melted cheese. And that was my breakfast while I waited and uh, sorry, I had the beer first. The beer hit the empty stomach first. Amazing. And then I had this on top of it. And it was like, okay, this is amazing. This is the context to enjoy Pliny. But if I had like a stale version that someone brought me home or that I had traded for, like I don't, I don't get into beer that way anymore. I think that beer is typically something best enjoyed fresh and local, unless it's certain styles. So I don't think about like 
I don't know. That's a beer I got to have to take off my list. Plus I love hoppy styles, which are almost always better fresh. So those like whale beers, sure they're on my list, but I would like to have them in the right context. If that makes sense. Makes tons of sense. I would, I would say the same. I don't have any magic beers that I need to try. And it's me, for me, it's more about the experience going to the brewery or, you know, traveling. If I'm elsewhere in the world, then, what's local what's fresh what can yeah. i try that i've never had before and it doesn't have to be something i've heard about it just uh, uh just needs to be something something new and something that has to do with whatever i'm experiencing at the time yeah i, I mean i get the idea and the inclination if you go to a new brewery a lot of people have a flight and I, I guess i would still have a flight but if i find something i like i stick with it and drink a whole pint <laughs> like i'm more interested in like okay what's the beer i have to have at your brewery i'll take a pint of that as opposed to like give me one tiny sample of everything so i can say i tried everything and, and then i'll know what i like like i'd rather just enjoy the beer in my hand right now thanks yeah. joe and barry <laughs> good guy that joe these uh, are good questions wow our listeners are pretty insightful that colonoscopy one was really very very intuitive uh, <laughs> listeners yeah how do they know they are I'm enjoying yeah. a beer right now. It's probably worth a mention. Um, this is from London Brewing, uh, probably 10 minutes from here. If you've never been to London or never been to London Brewing, you should go. It's uh, a couple hundred meters from Anderson Craft Ale. So if you're coming to London, you should definitely hit them both up. This is Front Porch Organic Session IPA. Uh, obviously, it's light. It's a session IPA. I'm trying to find the ABV. 4%. It's a bright, lively, and light with subtle notes of juicy citrus. I enjoy the beers of uh, London Brewing. That's I all. Wish I, it wasn't I wish sponsored I... content. I just happened to have a good beer in my hand. It was almost like you were reading your uh, I was reading notes, the can. So. They do have like a one-sentence tasting note on every can, which I find pretty helpful. And uh, also of note, um, I went there Friday to get this, and they had a food truck outside. Um, CJ Fusion Food Truck, I think it was called. They have jerk chicken, fried chicken, peas and rice. It was awesome because there's not a lot of that in London. So it was nice to find it. And uh, I always like to be able to get nice beer and nice food from the same place. So that was my Friday. I had some takeaway from London Brewing, and that's where this beer came from. Well, that sounds pretty good. I wish I had one of those right now. The water sounds good too, idiot. I haven't even had a sip of that yet. I, (laughs) I, I feel bad even having it near me. All right, I have one more question here. Uh, we'll save some of these for a future pod, and hopefully okay. we'll see some uh, some additional ones. Um, uh, this last one is from uh, from Doug, and Doug is from Windsor. Uh, and Doug says, asks, the podcast is called Beer and Bullshit. If you had to swim in a pile of animal shit, what animal shit would you choose? <laughs> I like our listeners and I like their questions. I hope we get more of these. I hope that these questions inspire people to send us more. I think we should also, we would totally do would you rathers. If people want to send us would you rathers, I'd be into that. I mean, this is a would you rather, not really, but what animal shit would I want to swim in? It's a would you rather, but there's no good answer. Right. Well, there never is. That's the point of would you rather. Yeah, that's true. Very true. (laughs) Okay. The question is if I had to swim, swim in a pile of shit, why don't we say a length of a pool? Okay, the classic length of a pool. Uh, and any animal shit. I mean, I would pick something that has 
the least offensive, most fragrant shit. Um, horse comes to mind right away because uh, anyone who lives in London will know that at a certain time of year, all of London reeks like manure. Like there's, it's like all the farmers in the north end, like north of the city, are are uh, putting manure on their fields, and all of London smells like shit for like weeks at a time. It's a beautiful thing about the forest city. Isn't I manure I, cow shit? Yeah, but I mean, do you think horse shit is that much worse? Okay, I'll say cow shit. <laughs> okay, not just, maybe bullshit, if you will. Hey, there you go. But I mean, you know, not because it's great. I just think I would be like, oh, I know what that smell is. And pig shit is like fucking rancid. Like when you go by a pig farm in the country, you know it. Bird shit, w- even worse. I'm you know what I, I might go with, which I think would be very minimally offensive, mm. is rabbit shit. Just a little, a little pellets. Little pellets. I think it would be easy to navigate through with a good breaststroke. I think, yeah. And I I think you'd be less likely to open the turds, like crack them. And I think that yeah. would probably help too. I would might go with the hardest stool. I would Google hardest <laughs> animal stool in the animal kingdom. Sorry, I should have run some of these questions by you before so you had a chance no, to No, no. I like having to think on my feet. And I'm sure people have loved the shit talk this week from colonoscopies to animal shit. I mean, the promo tweets for this show just write themselves. <laughs> okay, so you're going rabbit? Uh, it feels like a cop-out. It feels like I, I should be going with a larger animal just for an entertainment factor. Yeah, I'm going to go I have with another your... idea. I've, I just totally... Like, rabbit shit, it's going to take you a long time. I might go with the runniest shit in the animal kingdom and just get through that as quickly as possible. So maybe Ooh. a bird... What, yeah. Does anything shit? It's not bad, it's actually. It's pretty liquidy. Okay, I think that's the end of the show right there. <laughs> well, we're going we're gonna to leave that one hanging for people. Again, feel free to answer. Maybe you actually throw us, your, uh, throw us your answer on Twitter, at Bullshit Beer. Let us know what animal's shit would you choose to swim a length of a pool in. And uh, we'll catch you next time. Thanks, Chris. All right, thanks, Benny. Talk to you soon. Okay, bye. I'm a unicorn!